We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. It's all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, Brady PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. Hey, Sam. Hey, what's up? What are you doing for Valentine's Day? Definitely not spending it with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to, who are you going to spend it with? I'm going to spend it with our amazing listeners. Yes, because we are having a Valentine's, well, really an anti-Valentine's Day <laughs> Instagram live happy hour at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Head on over to our Instagram at Just Break Up Pod at Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yep. Yep. That's, that's it. That's, it's on Instagram. Yeah. We're going to bring the rosé. Yes. You can bring the candy. Okay. Not you, like the general you. Oh, okay. Got it. Because oh. I was like, really? Do I have to bring candy? <laughs> God damn it, Sam. All right. We'll see you guys this Thursday, February 14th, 7 p.m. Central Time on our Instagram for our happy hour live. Can't wait. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. Uh, This week, we're going to tackle topics like our friend's awful boyfriend's. Is a victim only a victim? Planning for future resentments? And is there a too soon to moving on? Mm. Yeah. But Mm. before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're doing. Yes, we are definitely not professionals. (laughs) No, we're not. Yes, we're not even like well-rounded adults. Well, you are. (laughs) I'll speak for myself. I mean, I think that you're well-rounded. I am. I, I Let me go on a small tangent. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Before we even finish the <laughs> intro. I always am self-conscious about being, like, well-rounded or, like, mature or, mm-hmm. like, successful. 
But I'm realizing as I get older that that's like a facade, that everybody feels like a fucked up piece of shit. And um, that like, well, like what is well-rounded? It's it's just who you are right now. Exactly. (laughs) There's no like you're not you're not like a half baked human. Right. You're a whole baked potato. Everyone is intimidated by the things that life gives them or like that they want to achieve. Right. No one is like, oh yeah, I got this. Yeah, I know what to like. I don't know how to buy a car the first time. Or Terrifying. Like, yeah, right. Or like, I know how to do a job interview. Panic attack. Like, right. Exactly. Yeah. We're all like freaked out by everything that's happening to us. We're just all like coping. Yeah. Yeah. Pretending that we're not freaking out. That <laughs> exactly. is humanness, right there. It is. Yeah. Anyway, this is all to say that uh, we are not professionals. Please take our advice as you see fit. We are only here to offer our humble musings and hopefully some laughs to shed some understanding on the very rewarding but mostly confusing thing that is love. Welcome to episode 30. 30. Holy moly. The big three zero. Yeah, I know. Our podcast is having a, a, a midlife crisis or, <laughs> or whatever happens when you turn 30. Um, turning 30 was fine for me. Um, I was like ready for it. Turning 30 was hard for me because I was uh, going through some shitty relationship stuff. So I was like very alone. And then like four days later, I found out my dog got had cancer. Oh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it was not the 30, best. Not a great year for you. Actually, let's talk about birthdays for a hot second. Um, yeah. Ours is on the same day. Yes, it is. We are, Our birthday is June 2nd. We're hopefully going to... Have like a big just breakup party or our first live show around our birthday. We'll see. Um, but s- this past year I turned 32 and I was, I remember like tweeting out some feelings that I, I was having that I want to talk about uh, because I think they're more common or at least I found out that they were more common than I thought. I was having a lot of birthday anxiety. Like I was have the, the past my 30th birthday and my 31st birthday were really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Shitty things had happened around them to to, cre- to make them really painful. Yep. And so when my 32nd birthday came up, I was I like remember tweeting that I was like really anxious and worried about this day, you know. And the Twitterverse, the the <laughs> uh-huh. the wonderful followers on Twitter, like comforted me by reminding me that. A lot of times we can have a lot of anxiety for before the things that are, quote, supposed to be good and happy and celebrated on the days where we're supposed to feel the most awesome yeah. are often the days that we feel some of the most high peaks of depression and anxiety because we don't feel like that perfect, shining birthday self. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so interesting and so... Uh, healing to me like to to remind myself that my birthday is just another day and that I'm whole and happy and healthy right now as is I don't need um, a celebration or all these friends or somebody to show me how special and whole and happy I am yeah you know I think I was just like having some anxiety do you relate to that um I do I relate to it more about like holidays than I do it made me think of our conversations about the holidays that we yeah. had before the turn of the year. Yeah, especially this year, um, where it was like, I love Christmas, but yeah. but it was like, but it's not turning out into the thing that I want it to be. And then, right. like, it wasn't bad, but because it had been built up so much, then, like, the disappointment was so much more real. Right. Totally. Um, 
And I get that about birthdays too, but I don't like, I like birthdays because it's a reason to like celebrate. Yeah. Like me. Yeah. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like get to hang out with all of my friends. Yeah. It's less about like, I need it to be a perfect, and perfect so it's day. It's not even that. I just, I had some like inarticulate anxiety. I, I think because my last two birthdays had been so yeah. pa- literally painful mm-hmm. um, that this, this year I was like, I was kind of dreading it. It was weird. And I, I'm not that person. Yeah. People who are like, I don't celebrate my birthday. I'm like, who are you and what planet <laughs> did you come from? You get one day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I make it into like a month really. But yeah, no, me too. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I just thought that that was maybe something intimate to share with our little podcast universe that we're building. Yeah. Well, it sounds like your Twitter followers are very smart. I actually love Twitter. I, I don't use it as much anymore, but like I prefer Instagram right now, yeah. but Twitter is, is, is like the OG, um, because I think I can go there and vent like my political, emotional, personal, whatever. And I often go to Twitter to like get advice, um, mm. or to bounce an idea off of, um, people who are invested in my work or our podcast or whatever. Like, That's I think great. I tweeted, before we ever started Just Break Up, I, I think I did a poll to my Twitter followers. Like, should I do a newsletter? Should I create a product line? Or should I create a podcast about relationships? And they were like, podcast, podcast. <laughs> well, we have delivered for yes, them. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Um, all right. So let's get into our letters. Oh, okay. Um, the first letter is from... M.M., who is writing to us from California. Great. M.M. writes, My best friend of four years and roommate were in college, but she's a year above me, has recently started dating a guy. I really hate him. Like, I'm pretty amicable. I'm a pretty amicable person, but I very much dislike my BFF's beau. He consistently... He's consistently really unkind and very rude to my best friend, friends, housemates, and me. It's really difficult to be around him, but she's totally obsessed with him. When I tried to talk to her about it, she said that the reason he's, quote, weird around me is because one time when we were all drunk at a party, he asked if he had my approval, and I told him I wasn't sure. (laughs) I don't remember saying this, but it could be the alcohol, could be the third-party retelling, but apologized regardless and tried to explain to her that I don't think that this fully explains or justifies his behavior. She completely shut down and won't hear anything that isn't 100% positive about him. It's really difficult because he's always around and in our shared room and is still pretty rude and unkind to me and everyone around us. I love my friend but can't stand the boyfriend. Would love any of your humble advice or thoughtful musings. Um, um, what a great letter. Absolutely. I think that a lot of people have been through this. Oh, my God. I have. I actually strongly personally relate to this. Uh, one of my closest friends in my younger years mm. dated somebody who I just abhorred. Yeah. Uh, I just couldn't stand that person. Yeah, I was the person who dated the person that everyone couldn't stand. <laughs> And I'm not talking about him. Like, I I hated him, too. But Sam and I weren't always this close. Like, we were always intimate. That's how I would describe it. Like, we were—I always felt so kindred. Yeah. You always felt special to me. But, you know, we were probably friends for, like, five years before we started 
being really close and hanging out all the time or whatever. Yep. And even after that, it wasn't it wasn't regular because I was always traveling. Right. Um, but anyway, so back pre Sam Blackwell best friend era, I had other close friends. We won't speak of them. <laughs> Nobody existed before <laughs> you, baby. Dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I had friends who I would call my best friends before being close to Sam and one of them dated somebody and I just, I like could not, I couldn't stand her. She just couldn't be more different to me. Yeah. And I think, I think I could list off to you, um, um, a hundred things that I didn't like about that person. But the most important thing that I can tell you is that in retrospect, I can now tell myself that. The thing I hated most about her was that I didn't understand my best friend anymore. Mm. I didn't understand what he loved about her. And therefore, it made me feel more distant to this person who I thought was essentially mine to understand. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, that's such a good point. Yeah. It, it like, you think that you, that first of all, your, your closest friend has a good judge of character because they're like your closest friend, right? <laughs> yeah. So like <laughs> yeah. they must <laughs> That's funny as fuck. <laughs> right? Cuz like if they don't have a good judge of character then you're like, "Oh wait, shit." Then what do they like about me? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and second of all, like you want your closest friend to also like trust your intuition about people too. So right. like when it's like, "I don't really like this person" and they're like, "No, I really really like them." You're like, "Okay, but but, but and, like, don't I, doesn't my voice matter? Right, totally. But how many times have you and I told each other things? More importantly, you told me things. <laughs> <laughs> um, that I just couldn't hear. Yeah. But also. That's true. To be fair, I mean, just talking about our relationship personally, we tend to be pretty supportive until the, the push in, like the, the moment comes where, like, we have to push each other in one way or the other. Meaning, like, when I've been in very unhealthy relationships, mm-hmm. you've been very supportive. You've done side-eye. You've made the right comments. But you didn't you didn't dish, like, the hard shade until I was like, is this person bad to me? And you were like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that there's, like, in this situation, you have to make a clear distinction between people who are who you just don't like and people who are abusing and hurting your friend. Yes. Right? Cuz like there will be people That's and you're such like a good point. I really don't like them, but you can get over the fact that you don't like them. Right? Yes. You can. <laughs> <laughs> it's real though cuz like you're never going to like everyone in this in this world and your your best friend has chosen this person for a reason and you have the ability to figure out how to be around that person. You just do. That's such a good point. And I am also thinking now about like the revelation that I've been having in this year of my life so often, which which is like how multifaceted each human being is. And that just because you and I are kindred, just because we're soul sisters, podcast hosts, uh, twin Geminis, like we have so much in common that still 
doesn't account for the fact that there is a plethora of things inside us that are different, mm-hmm. that that are attracted to different things, that believe in different things. The the plethora of experiences that have led us to, to have our decision making skills or our preferences yeah. or whatever. So I I am even though we are so similar, even though MM, you could be so close to your best friend and you could um and you could love so much about her that still can never you can never expect your best friend to like someone the same way you do exactly but i mean it sucks no it does because you want to think like no we're twins yeah sisters (laughs) right and then suddenly you're like wait why are you into this person yeah i remember feeling betrayed like by that 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 one partnership that I was talking about before, just being like, what do you see in her? Yeah. How could you do this to us? Absolutely. You know what I mean? And I think that's what it is. It's like the ultimate offense when your close best friend dates somebody who you don't get along with. Oh, absolutely. And MM, to speak to your experience, the language around talking about that is so, so difficult and nuanced. Absolutely. Because you can't, it's like you want to be supportive but you also want to be real, but you, you know, like you don't want uh-huh. to tell your best friend what to do, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But you can, I mean, you can also be honest with your best friend in a way that's not like an attack. Like, don't be like, I can't believe you like this guy. But you can, if she's like, how do you feel about him? You can still be like, I'm still on the fence about it. I think that's a great, can you tell me more or like, can you walk me through how to not take somebody else's relationship personally a (laughs) (laughs) okay and b how to respond to something you don't like in in non-attack form i thought i thought i think that's pretty profound what you just said yeah well okay first how do we not take it personally it has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with us, first of all, and it's outside of our sphere of control. Right. As much as we would like to think that we can make our friends date and like the people that we want them to date and like, we can't do that. Right. And so the only thing that you can control is your reaction to it and how you create a space that creates less of a tension for yourself. Right. How can you make sure that you are being true to yourself but also, like, not making things more difficult for yourself. Um, yeah, and so the n- number two is that when you don't attack, you don't criticize the person, right? You say all about, I qu- like, I right. statements. Yeah, you speak from... You speak from your understanding of your experience your truth, with this yeah. person. So you can say, you know, I, um, I'm still not sure how I feel about this person. Um, there are times where, to me... He comes across as as not very conscientious of the rest of the of the rest that of the is house. Such a good way to say he's a dick, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because I know how much you like him. Yep. Yeah. And then you're honest with the fact that you're not super into him, but you haven't been like he's such an asshole. I can't believe you bring him into this house. Yeah. Right. So, mm, I think the takeaway points, other than all of the lessons that Sam just gave us are that it's it's not about you unfortunately and it's and most importantly it's out of your control. Yep. If anything this is less of responsive advice and more like a yeah, that sucks. We feel you. Yeah. It's like um, a harm reduction model, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's um, like about like 
mitigating the damage that you're doing to yourself by hating totally. this person so totally. much. Yeah, and, and, and I'm glad you wrote to us because these types of situations necessitate venting. Yeah. They necessitate being able to talk to other people about like, oh, my God, I can't believe she likes him. I can't believe she lets him come to the house. Yep. But if you do love your friend, if you truly love your friend and and above all else want to maintain your friendship, then you have to let her play this out as Absolutely. she sees fit. Yep. And so then the question becomes like, how do you— how do you take care of yourself and deal with him when he's right. around you? Maybe you can just leave the room. And, yeah. and I know you guys have a shared room, so that's really hard. But, like, is there is there um, boundaries that you can carve out? Hey, he can come over between these times mm-hmm. and this time. I need some alone time. Yep. Is there a safe space that you can go? Um, is there a way that you can not hear him? Like, get some headphones. Like, that sounds silly, but we're trying to offer some sort of action plan that is outside of the realm of you can't control this because yep. you you can't. Absolutely. Um, and I think um, one of the things that we talk about on the podcast a lot is also humanizing people. Yeah. Right? So right now he's the villain in the story of you and your friendship. But how can you find out ways to think about him in a way, think about him as a child, right? Like yeah. the way that we talk about it. What does his... What brought him to this moment? Why is he being rude? There may be things. I mean, in his defense, having your significant other's best friend tell you that she doesn't like you would make you behave weirdly. Yes. <laughs> and I I know that you're sort of like, I was drunk and I didn't mean it. But like to him, that's his truth. He's allowed to respond to that. Absolutely. And guess what? He's probably responding irresponsibly. Yeah, right. But... I think that there's an opportunity for us to see that, like, this behavior isn't necessarily because he's an awful person at his core. Yeah. But instead, this is coming out of insecurity and And weird feelings. And it's difficult to enter a friend group. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, MM, I hope this helps. I hope our humble musings um, get you to a greater understanding of what's going on here. I'm sorry that we can't tell you exactly what to do, but... uh, we're with you. We know the situation sucks, and it, it's a it's a new hurt. It's yep. a different kind of hurt. Absolutely. I remember when I felt it for the first time. I was like, "What is this? You know, like <laughs> how can I care so much about somebody else's relationship?" Yep. Um, so we're with you in spirit, and we really uh, appreciate you writing. We love you. Thanks. Thank you. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I 
love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because, (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. So our next letter comes from Zoe, who is writing from Colorado, who's using she, her pronouns. Hi, my sweet angels. I'm a huge fan of both y'all ever since I saw Sierra perform on the Alternate Universe Tour in September. That's with Olivia Gatwood, our our one and only guest right now. Uh, That's true. I come to you because even if you don't know what you're talking about, I trust you with matters of the heart. I guess I'll just dive in. I'm 23 years old. My longest relationship was two and a half years. It began when we were freshmen in college. I'm a Cancer and he's a Scorpio, so it was very much an Ariana and Pete situation, Mm. if you know what I mean. We both said I love you after a few weeks, and soon after, he was telling me he wanted to spend the rest of his life with me. He even gave me a ring. I believed him, because what naive 18-year-old wouldn't? Being swept away by my first love, I said I felt the same way, and I thought I did. And then, shocker, he took it back shortly after. Hmm. He told me he didn't think he even loved me or wanted to be with me. This went on for two and a half years. He'd change his mind constantly, sometimes within even hours, having what I see now as intrusive thoughts about his feelings for me. It was a wild roller coaster going from forever to nothing day by day. On top of that, he was very controlling and also dismissive of my mental health. Eventually, as I got better, I ended things. I tried to be friends, but he was too intense. So I stopped talking to him. (laughs) Don't have to be friends. You don't have to be friends with your ex's people. 
So I stopped talking to him, and then a year after we broke up, he sent me what I can only describe as a manic Facebook message or message on Facebook about how I'd, how I'd never find love, calling me terrible names, and using my mental illnesses against me. It was literally pages and pages of him cussing at me and calling me unlovable. I have never regretted ending the relationship. Clearly, he is terrible. But mm-hmm. here is my issue. I recently found some of our old texts on my computer and stupidly read them. They triggered memories of how awful I was in the relationship. Mm. When he'd have those aforementioned intrusive thoughts, I'd literally beg him to love me, beg him to stay with me, remind him how much I loved and cared for him. At the time, I thought I was grounding him back to reality and reminding him of the magic. But now I think maybe his intrusive thoughts were closer to reality, and I just wanted him to come back to cloud nine with me. Now I wonder if I wanted to hold on to it forever. But ever since I saw those texts, I feel like I feel sick to my stomach with guilt. I have no way to contact him and have been fine with that until now. I feel like I owe him an apology, even though he abused and manipulated me for years. Mm. It deeply hurts me to think my actions could have traumatized him in the way his did me. But how much of our mental illnesses can we blame? How, how much responsibility do I have when I was the primary victim? I don't want to blame him, but I always feel... But I also, or I always feel like he made me act insane, and it seemed more like I was acting on survival. Was I an abuser too? How do I forgive myself? How do I cope with the possibility that he even might feel like a victim of my abuse years later? Love, Zoe. Zoe, what a powerful letter. Thank you so much for writing. I want to just jump in um, and start by coding this response in the understanding that you were young, Mm -hmm. that you were young. You said it yourself at the beginning of this letter that you foolishly accepted that ring because you hadn't been loved in that way yet and you didn't know where it could lead. Yep. Period. Like we learn how to love people by loving people. Absolutely. And we learn how to hurt and be hurt by being hurt. Mm -hmm. You didn't understand the full gambit of what it means to be to be in a relationship yet. And and you still don't. Yeah. I don't. I'm learning it every day. It's just true. Same. Uh, <laughs> that, just a heads up. Marriage doesn't make all of those questions and weird feelings go away. Exactly. It just doesn't. That that I, I think the idea of being in love and dating is is it's not like love isn't a noun. It is a, it's it's a verb. It's like mm-hmm. ongoing. It's yep. it's I'm always learning more. I'm always understanding what a partnership is, a communication, communication, trust, vulnerability, et cetera. Um, And at such a young age, you really are going, you are basing your understanding of love and relationships off a couple things, your parents Mm -hmm. or whatever adults you have in your life. Yep. um, And media and society and, and, and the culture around you. Right. And how well does uh, media portray relationships? Like super, super, super not well. <laughs> you know. What are you talking about? There's always nuance. No. There's always complication. People, people literally always get together. You know. And that's perfect. And they'll they'll get well. Let's let's unpack that for for like five <laughs> seconds. Um, relationships show us that it you know that. That communication is always really simplified. It's always really romantic. Mm-hmm. It's They're always going to take that leap of faith for you. Everything's going to feel right or feel wrong. Yep. Everything's going to make sense. It's, they're all going to get together in the end. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. 
Yeah, that we can fix people. Yeah. That we can, like, change the way that they act and the things that that they do. That that people are meant to be together. Yeah, true. Which, don't get me wrong, like, the romantic in me does feel like we are— we are supposed to meet certain people at certain times in our lives. Um, but not really. <laughs> I don't really believe that, actually. I think that people come in and out of our lives and we learn from them, period. Yeah. And But but television tells us that people are meant to be together. So it, it, it reinforces the idea that we have to work really hard to make something work, even if it's, like, on fire. Yeah. Um, anyway, so... Zoe, <laughs> back to you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. after my little rant. Um, <laughs> you were doing the best that you could. Yep. With the knowledge and experience that you had at that moment. And now you can do better because you have more knowledge and more experience. Absolutely. But you're still going to fuck up. Yep. And you're still going to learn. Yep. And that cycle is life. Absolutely. And I feel like a lot of what you described in this relationship was also just a lot of codependency. Mm-hmm. Right. And codependency is learned through codependency. Yep. <laughs> right. Like it's not that he it's not like he read a book about how to make you codependent and like made that happen. Right. right. But the way that you two reinforced each other in those moments, like right. taught you both that this is how you act in relationship. This is how you act in love. And so it's not anyone's fault. No one had a master plan to make this awful shit happen. Right. right? It's that it's that the. The, the ways that you had learned to love, the ways that you were taught to love, came together and created an awful, sticky, quagmire, quicksand mess. Right. And, it's, gonna... and that's shitty, but it doesn't necessarily mean that either of you is an evil person. Right. Or an, even, even an awful abuser. And right? it doesn't take away your victimhood either. No, because you, you two were both participating in the system. Right. And we're both not doing well because of it. Right. Um, when you were talking, Sam, I thought of something that I realized about my own codependency in mm-hmm. my in history in my relationship history. Yep. Um and how I learned it. I fir- maybe I didn't learn it from my parents, but I first saw the type of uh, interactive codependency that you're talking about, meaning um, in my earliest memories, my father would get angry and my mother would submit, mm-hmm. right? In, in my earliest memories, I saw that. And it's not that my father would get angry or yell. It's not that my dad would, would obsess over something um, or or take it out on my mother. It's that I saw them in tandem, mm. that I saw it as a call and response yep. that they one did not exist without the other. Yeah. And so my earliest example of relationships and love was that type of partnership, mm-hmm. that type of exchange. And so Zoe, what we're saying is he was doing the best that he could, which was not good enough. Right. No, definitely not. But what he, but, but it is not about who is the abuser and who is the victim. Yep. Although those terms can be healing. Yep. But the higher, the more evolved version of it is that he was putting in X, Y, and Z, and you were responding. Absolutely. Right? Yep. With, the, with the only tools you had at the time. Yep. And now the best thing you can do is just look back on your relationship. Maybe don't look through those text messages again. <laughs> 
But look back on your relationship and understand, well, what was making me act that way? Why was I afraid of him leaving me? What made me cling to the cloud nine, et cetera, et cetera? Absolutely. Like, the only thing you can do right now is not apologize to him. No. You don't need to do that. He, nope. you, guys, you guys drew the line for a reason. Absolutely. You block, block, block for a reason. Yeah, and also he sent you all of those awful Facebook messages right. about how you're totally unlovable. So, like, that door is shut now. Yes, He you, does not deserve any apology at this point. He does not deserve you taking care of him. No, absolutely not. He can and, figure himself out. And Zoe, no healing is going to come from that. No. No healing is going to come from you telling him, like, oh, but maybe... Maybe I was bad too. Exactly. You can tell healing will come from your understanding of that. Absolutely. It's all internal. It is because you need to forgive yourself for something that was not even your fault. Right. Right. This is not, you didn't, you didn't read a manual about how to manipulate people into loving you. Right. Right. You were taught that you learned it from him. And now you have to say to yourself, I forgive myself for doing these things, and I'm going to take the opportunity to learn from this so that I can take care of myself better in the future. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we we crushed that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think I think the questions that Zoe poses in that letter we could talk about forever. What is victimhood? Yeah. What does it mean when you are being abused? But you, but you abuse your partner because yeah. I've been in that situation, Zoe, a hundred percent. Same. I have a hundred percent brought ab- abuse into my abusive relationship because mm-hmm. I was hurting, yep. because I was sick, because I was underloved, and I ultimately wasn't getting what I deserved out of the relationship. Absolutely. So I was desperate. I was I was desperate for good love. So I did what you did, which was cling to the idea of the good love, Absolutely. right? And that clinging is never healthy. No. Um. Yeah, but so you can you can totally be both, and that's okay. It is. I hope this brings you some understanding and and some healing. Most importantly, I think we hope that you continue this journey of self reflection and you continue yep. asking yourself these really important, really difficult questions, but with a lot of grace and a lot of self love. Okay, absolutely. We love you, Zoe. Thanks for writing. Thank you. All right, the next letter is from Anonymous Anonymous, who is writing to us from somewhere in the Midwest. Oh. I know. Close by, far away, we don't know. (laughs) All right. Uh, Their pronouns are she, her. Hi, guys. First of all, I love your podcast and listen and re-listen to them on the way uh, home from work. Y'all are legit amazing and hashtag friendship goals, and I'm fangirling over just writing to you. Smiley face. Oh. We do, just to be clear, you don't have to tell us how great we are at the beginning of we, your letters. We love it every time. That's what we were about to say, yes, right? Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, it honestly, well, it just makes us feel good. Like it's, uh, we don't, a lot of this podcast work is one, it's it's a one-way street, meaning we yep. put a lot of words out there into the universe. So every time you guys <laughs> send us some love in your letters or tweet us or Instagram us, it, it just, it means a lot to us. Absolutely. Um, Anyway, so Anonymous writes, I just started dating the most amazing guy. I'm 26, and this is my first relationship and his third. He was my first kiss last year. First kiss at at, at 25, anyone? Anyone? (laughs) (laughs) 
And though it's early, I jokingly told my best friend that he that I knew he was the one when he asked if I wanted a brownie and brought me the middle one after a conversation in passing a few weeks prior in which I said middle brownies were the best. Cute, right? Oh, right? That's really sweet. <laughs> Recently, he and I had a long talk about serious stuff, marriage, wanting kids, whether we wanted to go back to school, etc. In this conversation, it was revealed to me that he wasn't a virgin like I thought he was. He asked my thoughts, and I told him it was my personal belief that I wanted to wait till marriage. He asked if it bothered me that he had had sex, and I said it didn't, but that I wanted to make sure he wouldn't pressure me into doing anything I wasn't comfortable with. He said he completely respected my beliefs and would never pressure me into having premarital sex if I didn't want to. Side note, I completely believe it's everyone's personal decision on when to have sex. It's just my personal belief that I want to wait. So my question is this. How do I shake the feeling that one day, maybe a few years down the road of our relationship, he's going to resent me for making him wait? Mm. Good question, Anonymous. Thanks for writing. Well, let's see. How long have you been dating? Says I, they kissed last year. Okay, so they're like at least six months, maybe, a couple yeah. months into the relationship. Mm-hmm. All right. Anonymous, um... I think I'm going to take a line from my best friend, Sam Blackwell. Oh, great. I love it when you quote me back at me because I never While remember anything I said. making <laughs> eye contact with you. <laughs> um, I want you to, like, sit down with a nice cup of tea and a middle brownie and take stock of what is already in front of you. Mm-hmm. The reality is he is a good person. Mm-hmm. He's sh- at least what he's shown to you, right? Um, he's been a good boyfriend so far. You feel really good about it. Um, he has given you no reason to doubt him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he verbally told you he would respect that. Yep. Uh, so first take stock of that. I think it's really hard for people to let people be as good as we want them to be. That's such a good point. <laughs> right? <laughs> You made a face and I was like, oh, fuck, what did I just say? <laughs> no, and honestly, like, that is 100% something that I struggled with in my relationship with Peter was yes. believing that Peter is actually as good as Peter is. Spoiler alert, he totally is. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why it's we're married. <laughs> so crazy. It, Peter is an angel. But, like, I totally, um, Anonymous, I totally get where you're coming from in this. And yes. that fear of, like, even though this person is saying, like, I love you and affirm you and want to be with you. And you're still like, this. oh, but this thing that I have about me is weird. And I don't really, I don't really know that like other people get it or like it. And so I'm just afraid that like you're like the, the view is going to shift and you're going to see right. me for it's who fear. I am. It's and it's going to be like, because anonymous, I also want to point out that you were very kind and generous in your note to us to say, by the way, I understand people can do whatever they want. This is just what I want to do, Absolutely. which is really sweet and yep. like really um, accepting. But you didn't owe that to us. No. Like you're you're here writing us about your personal experience, and we're gonna answer your personal experience. So I'm just pointing out that like you, some part of you felt it was necessary to to justify your belief. Yeah, to and be so like, like apologize for it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, that's that's what I'm reading into. <laughs> Maybe not, but but it was and it was sweet. I actually thought I appreciated it. 
Um, but I did think, oh, is she is she adding that because she feels different or feels weird or feels like she needs to explain or or be like, no, Absolutely. no, you can do whatever you want, you know? Yep. And you don't have to. This is your body. This is your relationship. This is your love, your life. And we're here, number one, to, to tell you um, to A, be confident in your desires mm-hmm. and B, accept the love that you're getting right now. You Absolutely. deserve it. And – you know, I think a little bit of what I'm reading here also is that, like, you're afraid that if he rejects you for this belief, that your belief about waiting to, for marriage is somehow less valid. Yes. And, and I want to tell you, and I want to affirm your decision that you don't want to have sex until marriage because you get to decide what you do with your body and you get to decide who and with whom and when and where you have sex. Right. And it doesn't matter if people don't like that about you. It's your decision and it's completely valid and you don't need other people to understand or affirm it in order for it to be real for you. So let's answer this question. I love this. Let's answer this question in the lens of how does Anonymous be badass, self-loving, empowered being and not through the lens of, oh, my God, what if this guy fails her? Mm-hmm. Right. Or like what like what do we do if he resents her for that? It's not about that. It's like if he resents you, then you're going to stand firm in your desires yep. over your body yep. because you are the only governing force there. Yep. And so we're going to respond in. Not like, oh, my God, what can you do to appease him? But we're instead going to tell you, like, how can you stand firm in this and what can you expect from him? Yep. Because right now, looking at this letter, nothing's wrong, Anonymous. You're you're worrying about something that he hasn't shown you yet. Yep. Um, but the reality is we live in an over-sexualized culture, especially in the patriarchy in which it teaches men. It teaches men that their worth is how much sex they have. Yep. Right? So maybe you are you are responding to the culture around you, which is totally fair. Absolutely. Um, and maybe he does fall to that one day. A couple years down the line, maybe he's, I don't know, starting to be, to the the facade is cracking or whatever. <laughs> yep. And if that comes, if 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 that comes, because it hasn't yet. Yep. And 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 if if you plan for that to happen, it will happen, mm-hmm. right? You you have to let him be the good that he is. Absolutely. But if that happens, then you fucking write us back, <laughs> <laughs> and you tell us uh, what a jerk he is. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah, but I mean that. That might be the reality of what happens. And in that case, I have faith that you will stand up and be like, no, I don't want to have sex. I told you this and this right. was my if line in the sand. Wait, and like, like six more months or whatever. <laughs> right. Jesus. Um, but for right now, trust that you're making the right decision for yourself and trust that when he says that he wants to be with you, he is actually saying he wants to be with you. Right. There are, I was just going to say there are so many ways to love someone that aren't physical, but... I don't even want to, I don't want to list that on the podcast right now because I'm not going to give you ways to appease him because he, you're not doing anything wrong. Anonymous. Sounds like he doesn't need appeasing. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But instead of giving you alternatives to sex, I want to just say you are fine as you are right now. You are whole, happy, healthy, and you are governing the one thing you have on this planet. That you have control over, which is your body, yep, right? Absolutely. Um, and we're proud of you. We love you and we support you. Absolutely. I hope this helps. <laughs> <laughs> we 
went on like a self-love rant. <laughs> That's what this podcast is. It's yeah. just self like us yelling at people to love themselves more. <laughs> There's an there's a there's an amazing poem out there um, by this guy named Bob Hickok called I think it's called Love, mm-hmm. and it's about these two characters that are real, like called Lev and Svetlana, and they existed several decades ago, and they were this couple that were in love, and um, uh, Lev was uh, kidnapped and held in the gulag. Gu- is that how you say it? Sure, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, under suspicion of being like a government spy. Oh, okay. And Svetlana, um, this real person, I don't know. I'm just speaking from the poem, so I don't know any historical facts. But Svetlana would walk to the gulag every day in hopes of seeing um, Lev and would a couple times broke into the gulag, this crazy oh. prison yeah. with dogs and barbed wire and things to see her lover and then she'd walk home and she'd walk back and the poem is all about the idea of how different life feels once you know that Lev and Svetlana exist <laughs> like that that, the, that that those steps to the prison exist and that love like that exists right and the poet says when he found this out he went outside and, and looked at a, a plant and yelled at it to try harder <laughs> And I feel, I say all of this to say that's what I feel like our podcast is. It's just like screaming love into flowers. Like, grow, you bastards. Grow, you beautiful bastards. Anyway. Accurate. I can tell that's you were like, like I, tell the, I can tell you were like, uh, and the point of this is, <laughs> I got there. How many times are we going to say gulag? Gulag? Is it gulag? Gulag. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Spencer's giving us a thumbs up, so... <laughs> anyway, we trust him with like everything. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We literally, he could just be like, <gasps> yeah, that's right. And we'd be like, okay, Spencer says yeah. it's right. He's yeah. like, <laughs> he's also our Always resident our straight white male. <laughs> True. Whenever we talk about like, whenever we trash talk, um, men, I always I'll, I'll feel kind of bad because I'm like super generalizing, and then and then Spencer will nod his head and be like, nope, nope, don't feel bad. It's true. <laughs> uh, okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Our last letter comes from Hurt and Healing, who's writing from Florida. Sam and Sierra, she, her, 29 years old. I've thought of writing to you guys uh, since you started for a whole multitude of reasons, which all kind of tie together. I decided to write after episode 22 where a listener asked about forgiveness and still caring about an ex that deeply hurt her. Mm. I'm a little over a year removed from a similar situation. My husband, the man I had been with for seven years, cheated on me and essentially, essentially burned our marriage to the ground. I'm a therapist, so I sought therapy after this, as well as leaning on my colleagues for guidance and support. Mm. I, of course, also turned to friends and loved ones, and I know that because I have such a great foundation from them that this was easier for me to move through than for others who have experienced something similar. I still, it, it still hurts to know I put so much love into someone only to have it thrown away. Mm. 
But at this point, I'm a bit more bitter about where he left me financially than anything else. My friends, family, and colleagues have been instrumental in my healing, and I've mostly let go of my anger and hurt. So my first question is, is there too soon to moving on? I did a lot of... I did a lot of trying to fill the void initially, dating apps and probably trying too hard when I went out with friends to meet someone. About six months ago, I deleted all my apps and allowed myself the space to be single and on my own. I spent about three months in the single space and was finally genuinely starting to enjoy it and noticed my anxiety decreasing, focusing on myself and my career and my friendships. To lead into my next question, I started seeing a close friend of mine. He's been my friend for a very long time, came to my wedding, helped me move from my ex and to my new place. He was instrumental in my healing and genuinely there for support without any malintent. This is more or less a continuation of my initial question. Should I have spent more time on myself? Should I have spent more time on healing? Can I continue to heal and invest in someone else? Can he actually help me to continue to heal? I'm just going to lay out all my concerns, so I'm sorry this is so long. (laughs) My other concern is that though this man is the kindest, most genuine, and honest man I've ever known, I'm concerned because I'm not sure that there is this spark. I know he cares about me and wants to care for me and help me add happiness into my life. We have great sex and are constantly having fun together. Mm. He makes me laugh and can call me out on things I definitely need to be called out on. I'm just confused because I'm not sure if a spark is a real thing. Mm. Were sparks in my past relationships, my insecurities, and my questions coming up? Is it just a myth we've been taught by fairy tales and love stories? Is it because I've known him and been close to him for years? I'm afraid that if this is truly something that is important, that I am leading on someone who is kind and honest and sweet and deserves someone better than me. I don't think I could stand to hurt him if I were to suddenly wake up one day and wonder what happened to my fairy tale. And maybe that is where my problem is. I feel like I'm caught up in the stringing along and manipulation of my ex that I expect this world. I I feel like I was caught up in the stringing along and manipulation of my ex that I expect this whirlwind, this storm, and instead I feel safe and warm. Hmm. Am I missing that fairy tale sweep you off your feet, or is this what a healthy relationship is? I love this letter. That's so many questions. (laughs) Yes, but they're all really good questions. No, they are. Absolutely. Right? And and they're all pertinent, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, hurt and healing, you didn't do anything wrong by asking more than one question, regardless of Sam's sass. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, question number one. Well, we're gonna ask we're gonna answer two of them. Is it too when's too soon to move on? Yep. And is there such thing as a spark? Right. A sweep like, you off your feet. What is that? Yep. Okay. Cool. Hurt and healing. H and H. H and H. Happy hour. <laughs> That's all I think of. <laughs> oh, I wish. Yeah. Okay. So um H H um one. Is there such thing as too soon to move on, Sam? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Does that make us bad people? I don't know. No, it isn't. Okay, and he, let me let me do a small caveat. Yeah, um, that th- it is too soon to move on when you don't do the work. Yes. Right. Yeah, for sure. And in context, what I mean by that is a thousand episodes ago, probably more like twenty nine. Yeah. <laughs> I first used the phrase head and heart work, Mm -hmm. and that was in reference to 
I had gone through a break, breakup and I had healed really fast because I had realized for the first time how much love is both a heart feeling and a head feeling. Yeah, for that, sure. That if I used my emotional intelligence, that if I used my heart and, and, and followed like my heart to good feelings, but I also applied my emotional intelligence, my understanding of the world, um, reality around me. If I yep. did the head and heart work, I got over that heartbreak so fast. Absolutely, I I got over the that breakup faster than I have any other relationship, and because and I think it's because I used my brain. Yeah, <laughs> I I I didn't let my emotions control me. I I stopped and thought. Were you happy? No. Is this better? Yes. Do you want to be happy? Yes. And I and I led myself to that. Absolutely. Right? Um, and so, is it too soon to move on when you don't do that work? Maybe you, maybe yes. Like maybe you should sit and reflect and do the head and heart work that we're talking about. Realize why you behaved this way, why you accepted this behavior, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. But I don't think there's a time, especially for you, HH. Like it, you are. You're going to therapy. You are in the mental health field. Like you're, you're obviously doing that head and heart work. So yep. no, I, I don't think so. Absolutely. And I don't want you to listen to this and read yourself in that idea of the person who is getting over it and hasn't done the head and heart work. Yeah, that's not you. Right, that's not you. We're trying trying to make that clear because I know if I were listening to this, I'd be like, that's well, a, maybe maybe I am that person. That's who a like- Gen Pop thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are clearly doing the work. You are clearly utilizing the skills and tools and resources that you have put into your tool belt, right? right? And, like, that's why we talk about doing all of these things, like learning the 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 ways to work through this because then when your whole world gets t- turned upside down, when your husband of seven years cheats on you and wants to leave you, like, you have those tools and in the tool belt. It's not going to prevent you from feeling shitty. Yeah. It's not going to prevent you from going through all of the running the gamut of emotions. Okay, yes. Okay, yes. I I get it. Spencer pointed out to me in a small break that I pronounced gamut gambit. And that's because ready for this fucking are you ready for this fucking like moment of vulnerability full circle? Yeah. That's because I was doing the best that I could with the knowledge and experience that I have at that moment. I didn't know that it was pronounced gambit. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's right. Don't apologize for saying the wrong word. You and are now doing I your can best. Do better, right? <laughs> now you've learned, Literally, and you can do better in the future. <laughs> that is that's, There was thirty episodes that led up to that one moment. <laughs> I just didn't know it was pronounced gamut. I was like, but it was—is it spelled with a B? And he's like, no, it's not. <laughs> the B is not silent. Anyway, okay. Okay, sorry, I hurt and healing. Just had to to play out that Woo. opportunity while when it presented You're itself a petty to me. Bitch. <laughs> okay, right. Okay, so exactly right. You're gonna run the gamut of emotions, but you have the relationships, you have the skills, you have the tools to be able to work through it much faster than you think that you should have to. Right, and like. I'm going through this too with like my father's passing right. and like it's devastating and awful and it turned my world upside down. But like, I'm also like, okay, so therapy every week, taking time off of work, making sure that I'm like talking this through with my friends and family. You like, have the tools. Right. And so like, 
it is awful and devastating, but I also like know that the that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like you have a right head- to move on too. Right. Yep. And so absolutely. So like the idea that you can get over something more quickly than you anticipate is absolutely something that is true for people who have done this work and it sounds like you are that person. Right. I remember asking you when I went through that breakup, like, am I healing too fast? And you were like, no, you're just seeing the truth. <laughs> and I was like, well. I'm a lot well. sassier to you than I am to our listeners. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, you guys get the nice version of Sam, <laughs> like the supportive, holistic one. I get the uh, you take garbage version, <laughs> which is he's not wrong. We just need to drink more mimosas before we record, and then they'll get the full brunt of one it. One day we will do a drunk episode. <laughs> Um, okay. Anyway, HH, uh, that answers your first question. I think really well. We answered the full gamut. (laughs) Gamut? Gamut. Okay. Who the hell? (laughs) Who the hell knew that? Nobody. (laughs) Okay. Spencer did. He's raising his hand. All right. But the next question about... Is there a spark? I actually love this question. Yeah. That's why I love this letter is that I I think both of these questions are so good, especially in the context of moving on from someone who you thought you were supposed to be with or like, Mm -hmm. or in other, in like different words, what does love look like after, after the spark? Uh, Right. Yeah. Right. Or, or after the quote unquote perfect relationship turns to dust, what, what, how do you date after? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that there's a spark? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and let's define spark. Right. Because like all of the things that you describe in your letter are things that to me are like, oh, this feels like a spark. Like you have great sex and you have fun together. I know. Like, that sounds sparky to me. That makes me so happy when people have good sex lives. I don't know why. I just think it's, I just am so happy for them. I'm so happy for you, H.H. You yeah, right. It sounds, you, you sound very bitter and resentful no, 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 no. there. Actually, if, like you don't have good sex. I can totally hear that. I can totally hear that. But I'm mostly, the, maybe it's like the ghost of bitterness past yeah. that you hear in me that like I uh, forwent. Is that a, f- I forewented? <laughs> I- <laughs> forewented is for sure it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, sex, great sex was not a priority to me in some important relationships of my life. Yep. And so when people have it all, I'm really happy for them. Okay. Having great sex now, period. Just want to say that. <laughs> um, I just generally like, like when people have everything that they want, that's all. Yeah. I so no that. pettiness in there. Yep. Maybe the ghost of pettiness passed. Um, anyway. But yes, so those things that you describe feel to me like sparks. So I'm, I think I'm a little, I'm a little confused about like what else you might be looking for, and maybe Sierra, you might have an idea of that. I feel like you're the romantic, and I'm just like check off all the list of great things. Like, what's the yeah. issue here? No, that is really true. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I could. So I think I could be talking to myself, HH, as well as you, when I say. My sister told me when I was in high school, I know I've said this before, but my sister told me in high school when I was going through my first breakup, um, once you know, you know. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about it in terms of the end, yep. right? And I think that's true. That has been true in my experience. Like once I know something's over, then I know it's over, right? Yep. Um, 
And if you don't know, if you don't have that feeling, if you're happy, I want you to stay in that happiness. Um, But I do want you to reflect what would it be like to leave him, Mm -hmm. to be not loved by him or to go love somebody else or to be single again or whatever. And if that seems more exciting to you than this good, true love that you've got going, then it's not the right love for you. Mm. It can be a good, true love, but it's not for you. I I think that's the only place where I'm different in terms of being a romantic versus whatever the hell I am is that I, I have had the very blessed experience in my life to love someone who was good and true and wonderful to me, Mm -hmm. but they weren't right for me. Yeah. And so I know that sometimes the search for a spark is almost a search for, for for just something more, something intangible that tells you, yes, this is right. Yeah. Right. And so to step away from my experience, because my experience was different than yours, because you're having great sex, because you're having a lot of fun. um, I would just say, is there such thing as a spark? Um, I'm going to go with Sam here and say, no, I, I think that there are people that we are intrinsically drawn to mm-hmm. that we couldn't avoid even if we tried. Yep. But that a, a well, I don't know, though. <laughs> I was just going to say that like a happy, healthy whole relationship, it, there has to be, do you think that there has to be passion? Because I'm, I'm taking stock right now, like. Uh, of of our our listeners letter and the, her relationship and it says we have great sex we have a lot of fun together and he's really nice and kind i can't picture hurting him right so they're having a good time yep basically taking stock right mm-hmm. but i'm also thinking if she doesn't feel passionately towards this person what does that mean and also taking to- stock of like what trauma or abuse can do to our understanding of passion mm-hmm. because a lot of times we mistake the two. Yeah, for sure. So like to go from like an abusive, toxic relationship to just a good one, it might feel a lot less passionate. Yeah. I think I brains, just said like a thousand different things in a very sprawling <laughs> manner. So take it away, Sam. Yeah, I think that the issue is is that we often look for the the hurt of trauma as the spark. Yes. Right? Like that feeling the of ache. that like, uh, right? Right. When that's not what, that's not actually that healthy. Right. And it doesn't really actually lead to like sustainable relationships. Right. So, and I often think that we sell people short who are providing with us with everything that we want and need because they're not also providing us with the pain of Feeling too much for someone, yes, or feeling the hurt that someone can bring upon us, yes. Um, and so I think that you just need to ask yourself: Is it that you're not really actually that into this guy, or is it that you've just become so experienced to the roller coaster of emotion that comes with being in a relationship that's shitty, right? That you don't know what a like a a solid uphill climb looks like, right? Because I would say like relationships in like. My experience are like 80% is sort of like, okay, this feels, this feels pretty good. Yeah. Like 10% of it is that like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm so in love with you that I don't even know how to like handle it. And 10% is like, what have I done? Right. (laughs) What have I done? What have I done? Right. (laughs) And like, if you can get like a majority of that in that good space to like 
really excited space, like, I think you're doing pretty well. I think that's a great, yeah. I think I could, like, muse on that a little bit more, but I I agree with that. I, I, I'll, I'll say to the... To the original question, I'll finally say, I do think that there's people that you meet and you're like, I'm meant to be with you, yeah. right? But equally, and if not more, I have met my partners and thought, you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got to knew them, know them, like we dated, we we developed a repertoire of experiences together, yep. which which led me to be like, yes, I want to be with you. Yep. It, it's not always the shiny people. Right. And both, I think that both of those are legit. Yeah. Right. So like, I don't, you know, you could find that person you're like, I need to be with them and it yeah. could turn into a really good, healthy relationship. But you can also meet someone and be like, this person's been in my life for a while. Right. I've never really thought about them romantically, but now like the sex is working and we're like having a lot of fun. And that can also be a great, stable, long-term relationship right. that, that provides you with what you want and need. And so don't throw it out based on this idea that your relationship should look like I find my North Star and I know to go to them. Right. I totally agree. I hope this helps. HH. Sorry for giving Sorry, that. Sorry we were so buck wild throughout this whole <laughs> yeah, answer. Literally, not only did we like laugh at ourselves for like 20 minutes, I... <laughs> Sometimes, y'all, I'm self-conscious that we have a talk radio podcast because we're not scripted. And sometimes <laughs> I'm just like, let me explore this fucking random ass idea for 20 minutes. And then Sam just stares at me blankly. <laughs> anyway, we hope this helps. Thank you so much for writing. Thank you. We love you. All right. That wraps up episode 30. Episode 30. Woo-woo. At the end of every episode, we like to tell you something we're super into that we can send you home with. We call it the blind date segment of our show. This week's blind date is? It's a TV show on Netflix called Back with the X. Ooh, tell yeah. me more. It is um, based in Australia, so they all have real fun accents. <laughs> uh, but it's basically the show where they have four couples who were together for an extended period of time, like I think three or four years. It's a reality show? Yeah. Okay. And then they've been apart for a significant period of time. Oh my so God. like one is like four years and one has been like 26 years. <gasps> and then the premise of the show is that they they bring them back together to see if they should start dating again. Oh my God. I, I love hate this. It's so good. <laughs> I love this. So they like, um, yeah, they like bring them together and then they spend a, like they spend a week or like a couple of days in a hotel, not in the same room, but like just getting to know each other. And then they like live with one for a week and then they live with the other for a week and then they go on vacation. Right. And it's amazing because first of all, I love watching people awkwardly flirt with each other. Totally. Like just like watching it and getting the you feel set. kindred with them. Yeah. I'm like the satisfaction <laughs> of being like, oh, yes. Like it's not just me. Everyone's really awkward all the time. So cute. <laughs> and then like. There are at least there are two couples where you're like, fuck, no, they should not get back together. But then there are two couples where you're like, your heart hurts because it's just like, Mm. oh, my God, they just like are trying. And there's a lot of like there's a lot of like really interesting stuff about like masculinity and femininity and sort of and like watching men be vulnerable as Mm. well. And then also in the next scene being like total utter assholes. Like it's just like. It was like all of the things that we are thinking about and talking about on this podcast, like crammed into like eight episodes. I love that. So Peter and I watched it literally in one day. 
<laughs> you deserve it, bitch. Um, but I would check it out. It's called Back with the X. It's available on Netflix. Cool. Awesome. Great. So that wraps up our last last episode. That's not it. <laughs> that wraps up uh, this episode. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you can send us your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our Patreon. If you want to support us for $5 a month, you get an extra episode every week. Um, And you can also find our store if you want to get a black, black, black hat or Just Breakup's hoodie. You can go to JustBreakUpPod.com. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review and consider supporting us on Patreon. This literally helps us keep the lights on and helps us meet, meet, whoa, Reach more brokenhearted <laughs> souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original recording, wait, nope. Original music <laughs> recording, editing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, the What If Podcast. And remember, you have the ability to create happiness and healing within you. You already have the tools that it takes. You just need to pick them up. You deserve to heal And you deserve to be in an environment and a relationship that is both happy, whole, and healthy. We believe in you. We believe in your heart. And we believe in you getting through this next difficult chapter. And if all else fails. Just break up.